Welcome to Northgate Christian Fellowship's weekly message series. And now, here is Senior Pastor Ken Jensen. So this morning, we are wrapping up this series. We're called Generous Living, Living Beyond Yourself. And um, it's, it's just been so exciting to get um, hear stories and have people um, send emails and write letters about the changes that God's making in their lives because they're choosing to step up and, and um, be generous. And I just wanted, since we're closing the series, there's just one that came in. I just had to read this one to you. It might be a little long, but I'll try and edit keep it down. Uh, Dear Pastor Ken, I have really focused on changing my life during this series on living generously. This has been an area that I have either neglected or refused to live. Being self-centered was so much easier. We discussed in our community group what living generously truly meant. I was completely clueless to the notion of giving away things I had worked for and felt I had earned. Now, part of that sentence is wrong. That is wrong is giving away. It was never mine to give away, but mine to share. In the group, I asked, so how do you know when God is speaking to you? One of the young people in our group said something beyond her ear. She said, you know, you know when God is speaking to you when the task is 180 degrees different from what you would normally do. I thought about that for a while, and I told myself I would focus on that advice. So I tuned in, if you will, my radio to his station. Now, that's the groundwork for why I'm writing this story. On Saturday, the 18th of February, my wife had to work until 8 o'clock. Being a lazy man, I decided to go out for dinner. I wanted a burger or Saks hot dogs, you know, guy's food. Before I left the house, something in my head said, go to Taco Bell. So I drove to Saks. When I got there, the guy was locking the last guy out of the shop while turning the clothes sign as I drove up. Well, that got me to thinking, Bud's Burgers sounds good. That voice in my head said, Taco Bell, shut up, Bud's. As I drove down Springs Road towards Bud's, I got cut off three times, got stuck behind a car turning left illegally, and missed two lights. I was frustrated and just felt like going home. As I passed over the freeway, I subconsciously turned into the Taco Bell parking lot, still wanting a Bud's burger. I sat in front of the Rite Aid for about five minutes, telling myself to drive away and go to Bud's. But the voice kept saying, go to Taco Bell. I decided to listen to the voice. The voice said, eat inside, not drive through. I usually do drive through because I hate people begging for money out front. I decided to listen. There must be a reason. I went in and ordered my food. When I sat down to eat, I noticed this guy eating hot sauce packets and drinking water. My wife and I had seen him there before a couple months ago. She bought him food that day, so I knew what I needed to do. I knew at that moment why the voice was saying Taco Bell. I got up and asked him to join me for dinner. We went up to the counter and ordered him enough food to fill him for the night. We sat down and broke bread together. I had a wonderful conversation with him. He asked me if I was a Christian. I answered him proudly with a booming yes. He was a very pleasant man, so grateful that someone cared. We discussed where he's been and how hard things are for him. And I just reassured him that God has not forgotten about him. At that point, others in the restaurant came up to me and said, what a wonderful thing it was that I was doing. I told them, I didn't do this. God did this. I would have been having a burger right now if God didn't intervene. (laughs) He told me to go to Taco Bell when I wanted a burger. They smiled and told me it was so nice of me to notice. Then they said they felt bad for not noticing. I said to them, God must have put me here not only to help him, but to help you as well. You know something? I've had dinner with plenty of people, 
This was by far one of the most pleasing. We talked for about an hour, and I enjoyed every second of it. What made me most proud was when he asked me where I went to church. I told him I went to Northgate Christian Fellowship in Benicia, out on Lake Herman Road. He proceeded to tell me he knew about our church. He told me it must be a good church because... Because a couple of other people from that church had helped him before. I wanted to cry. He wrote that, not me. (laughs) I wanted to cry. Hearing that come out of his mouth, that right there tells me that we are a group of committed, committed to following the word. I have never been more proud to be part of such a great organization. I shook his hand and he gave me a hug. I left with a warm feeling in my chest. I'm not perfect by any means. I have lived so selfishly that to hear someone, let alone God, would have been hard for me to acknowledge. I'm sure I will miss some in the future, but now I stop and listen if he's told he has other plans for me. I am so truly grateful to Pastor Ken for bringing this series to light for me. I would never have stopped to listen if if he hadn't opened my mind. Thank you again, Pastor Ken. Is that cool? What I love about this church is we don't just sit and listen to words being preached. You go out and you start doing it. And you discover what happens when you truly take God at his word. That he... He he blesses you more than you could possibly imagine. It's not always monetary blessing. But he says, when you will live generously, just trust me. For the results. And he brings them. And he brings them. So I'm just, I've been really excited about this whole series. And um, just another thing. Just through, Larry mentioned Dollar Club earlier. Just through Dollar Club alone, we have given almost $6,000 to 11 different families in need. And that is just so cool. And I just want to say, keep up the good work. And if you want to up it to $2... We'll take that. We'll just do more, you know? It's, it's just so exciting when you're a part of what God's doing in the world. And generosity is a big part of what God is doing in this world. And you and I get to be a part of that. And that's what this whole series has been about. I don't think I have taught an eight-week series in I don't know how long, if ever. But this is so on my heart. And so what I think God is moving us into this whole year, and, and not just for a season, for a lifetime. But beginning this year, and that's why we've taken some time to talk about what it means to live generous lives, not for a season, not just during Christmas, but, but as a lifestyle, lifestyle generosity, and not just with our finances. We've talked a lot about finances, but we've also talked about being generous with our time, because sometimes people don't need our money, they just need our time. And this morning, we're going to talk about a third aspect of it, and with that, we're going to close, but it's this whole idea of being generous with the gifts and the talents and the abilities that God has given to you and I. And so we're going to be talking about that, and we're going to look at two, two passages particularly. Um, one is found in Paul's letter to the, um, excuse me, one is found in Paul's letter to the Roman church, the other is found in Peter's letter. And they're both talking about the same thing. We're going to refer to a couple other passages, but these are the two I want to key in on. Romans chapter 12. If you've got to grab one of the Bibles in the seat next to you if you want to follow along. Um, it's about right in the middle of the New Testament. And it's in the middle of the letter. And Paul writes these words. 
He says, for the, by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourselves more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourselves with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has attributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body. And each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace God has given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. And if it's to lead, do it diligently. And if it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. And then if you want to flip over towards the end of the New Testament, Peter's first letter, chapter 4, beginning in verse 8. He says, above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, he should do it as one speaking the very words of God. If anyone serves, he should do it with the strength that God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. Both Paul and Peter are writing about the same thing. They're writing about being generous, not so much with our, 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 our money, but being generous with our gifts and our talents. And that's what we're going to talk about this morning. And what I want to talk about a little bit is to understand when you do this, because this is not a new theme. We've talked about this a lot around here at Northgate. And if you've been here for any length of time, you heard us talk about serving and all this thing. But what I want to do this morning is, is focus in on what happens when you use the gifts that God has given you. Because there are some incredible benefits that happen through you, that happen within you, and that happen all around you when you seriously take the gifts and talents that God has given to you and you start using them generously for the benefit of other people. And this morning, we're going to take a look at a couple of those different benefits. The first is what happens through you. Because what happens through you is through you, other people are helped. See, that's the whole point of these gifts that he's given to you. Peter put it this way. Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others. That God has given to each and every believer gifts and talents and abilities. In 1 Corinthians 12, Paul wrote it this way. A spiritual gift has been given to each of us so that we can help each other. No exceptions. There's no exceptions. Each of us. Romans 12. Each member belongs to all the others. And we have different gifts according to the grace God has given to each of us. Okay. Are you getting the message? Each and every one of us. No exceptions. This is not optional. Now... I know what all of you are thinking. Think, well, I hope the person next to me is listening to this. Because they really need to do this, okay? So here's what I want you to do. Just elbow the person next to you and say, he's talking to you, okay? And then the person that elbowed you, they're reminding you, I'm talking to you, okay? Each and every one of us. No exceptions. None. Every believer. Everyone in this room who is a Christ follower has been given gifts. That means you have at least, at least one spiritual ministry gift. 
At least one. Probably more, but at least one. And what Peter says is that we are stewards of that. We are stewards, which means we are responsible. This isn't ours to keep to ourselves. We are a steward of that. Now, a steward, that's a kind of a Bible kind of term. It has to do with being a trustee, someone who is put in charge of other people's stuff. And you have a responsibility with that. If you have a a retirement account or maybe a mutual fund or you've got a a financial advisor that's kind of helping you save for your retirement, even though he may not be doing quite such a good job these days, it's not his fault. Um, but, But you have someone, okay? And you go to them for advice. Now, if you're investing your money with that person and you go to them and you say, hey, where's my money invested? And he said, well, I'm not really sure. You know, I manage a lot of people's money and I, you know, I'm sure it's out there somewhere. Well, what are you doing with it? Well, I don't know. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm sure I'm doing something good with it. You would fire him on the spot. Because he's got a responsibility with what you entrusted into his hands. God has entrusted you with spiritual gifts to use. And if you are not using them, if you don't even know what they are, well, he's not going to fire you. But he's going to give you a good kick in the fanny, all right? Because you've been given these gifts to serve one another. That's the whole point. Now, if you don't know, if you don't know where your gifts are, if you don't know how, how that all is working in your life, here's one thing you can do. I highly recommend that you take the journey class. In fact, it actually begins this, this evening. It's a part of our Northgate U, and it begins at 6.30 this evening. You, we can probably still get you in on that class. If you have no idea where your gifts lie, if you have no idea how God has shaped you for ministry, I highly, highly encourage that class. Because it's, it's where you're going to learn a little bit more about this and get a little bit of better idea. Because the whole purpose of God giving you these gifts is so that you can serve others. That's what he says. Peter says it's for serving others. Paul says so we can help each other. One of the greatest problems, I think, with the North American church is that what has settled in is a consumer mentality. We shop for churches. There's nowhere else in the world that people go church shopping. Nowhere else in the world. That is a unique phenomenon to North American culture. Because we want a church. And usually when we're shopping for a church, we want to know what does it have to offer me? What does it have to offer my family? Now, I am all about finding a church where you fit, okay? Don't get me wrong. But part of your church shopping, if you will, ought to be where do I make a contribution here? What do I have to offer this body of believers? That whatever church shopping you might do or might be doing, it better not just be what's in it for me. A big, big part of it ought to be, what do I have for them? Because you've been given these gifts. And God does his work through you and helps other people. That's what generous living is all about. Every aspect of our lives. It's a lifestyle of generosity. And and if you don't even know where to start, just start opening up your eyes and looking for opportunities. Just just look for opportunities. And, And I put a little equation there on your outline if this helps you at all. How do you know what's an opportunity? If you see a need and you have an ability, that's an opportunity. If you see a need and you have some kind of ability to help meet that need, that for you is an opportunity. So take it. 
Paul wrote it this way. If it is serving, if, you're, if your gift is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give. In other words, these are not trophies to be put on your wall. These are things to be utilized and put to work. And whatever, the whole thing, the whole reason he teaches about these ministry gifts, the whole reason he teaches about knowing our gifts and our talents is so that we would use them. Not so we would know them, so that we would use them. And you've got talents. You've got ministry gifts. Last Saturday, we had about 20 women over in one of the rooms over here on our campus. And they are women who have the ability to sew. And they made dresses for girls in Uganda that our missions team is going to take with us this summer. I didn't know that that was a gift that could be used. If you know how to sew, we're going to do more of these dresser girls sewing. If you know how to sew, and you don't have to be a woman. If you're a man and you know how to sew, you can be a part of this. Room full of women, but you know, you, you get used to that. You can, hand, you can adapt. The idea is this. If you've got an ability, if you've got a talent, if you know what your gifts are, use them. Because it's through you that God does his work and other people are helped. It's through you. And that's just the first benefit. There's other benefits that come with this. Secondly, that when you start using your gifts and your abilities, something happens within you. Within you, comes a deep sense of fulfillment. You really get this sense that I'm doing something that matters. Romans 12, 5. I love the way the message interprets this. Each of us finds our meaning and function as a part of his body. What he's saying is there is actually a personal benefit. There's something that you benefit in all of this. Alan Lux wrote a book called The Healing Power of Doing Good. And he discovered what he termed the, the helper's high. That when you help other people, there's actually endorphins get released in your body. In fact, Emory University did a study. And, and, and people doing good, people um, contributing, people cooperating, what they found is it actually activates a portion of the brain where dopamine is produced. That you, there's actually a physical, a physiological result from helping other people. It's the way God created you. He created you to feel good feelings when you're doing good. There's a personal benefit to all of this. It's how God created us. Scripture says we, he compares us to a body. Romans 12 again. Just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not have all the same function, so in Christ, we though many form one body. The beauty of the design that God has for his church is that it's not a hierarchy of paid professionals. That the body of Christ functions when everybody does its part. When you find your sweet spot, when you discover 
how your gifts and your abilities and talents and your passion all come together in a way that serves God. There is nothing more fulfilling than that. Because you're using what God has given you for eternal purposes. And when you find that sweet spot, it just, it just flows. And that doesn't mean it's always easy, but it just naturally flows. One of the things that we're doing in our leadership team and our pastoral staff is we've been taking a time with, with the staff transition. We've been taking time. Let's step back and look at what all of us are doing because we've all been doing a lot of things, but we're not all operating in our sweet spot. And so we've been making some changes in terms of responsibility and positions. And, and one of those, by the way, not only is the addition of, of um, Pastor Jesse, which, by the way, he is associate pastor over worship arts. Okay? He's a pastor in this church. And, and, and Pastor Larry, by the way, his position is he is now executive pastor. <laughs> which means he knows when it's, what, what he's doing when it comes to managing people and, and running the, kind of the business side of the church. He has got a gift for that. I, can I say this in church? I suck at it. <laughs> and for the last... 10 years, I have tried my best to get better at it. And I have put energy and I've read books and I've studied and I've listened to people. I've tried to figure out how to do better at it. And the bottom line is I suck. (laughs) And I'll never get better. And if I keep putting all of my time and energy trying to get better at something I will never be good at, that just doesn't make sense. I know where my gifts are and I know where my talents are. And we've discovered where each of us have talents and gifts. And so we're just kind of changing things around so that we can function better as a staff, much less a church. You have a sweet spot. You really do. And when you do that, when you get in there, it just fun- it functions like a body, he said. When, when, your, when, when your body is healthy and everything is functioning, you feel good. You're healthy. When, when it's not, when there's a part of your body that's suffering or hurting... The whole body feels it. You know it. When, when, the, when, when your body functions like it should, everything's great. When it doesn't, it's all kinds of problems. I have discovered my right hand has something against my left hand. <laughs> Some of you know, I worked in construction a number of years, and I still do from time to time. And I don't know what it is, but my right hand has it in for my left hand. My right hand has shot my left hand with a nail gun. My right hand has drilled. My right hand has hit my left thumb. I mean, it just beats up. I had to get out of the trade just for sure of losing my left hand. <laughs> That's not the way the body's supposed to function. But when it does function, when it does function, man, there's no stopping it. And, and, and Scripture says over and over again in these passages that we're looking at and many, many more that that's the way God designed the church. That we all have gifts and abilities to perform functions for the health of the whole body. And if you're not performing your function, the whole body suffers. But when you are, there's a personal benefit that comes from all of that. We have said from the very beginning, our purpose as a church is to help unchurched people become wholehearted followers. And we talk about what it means to be reaching out to unchurched people. But let me talk a little bit about the wholehearted follower side of it. You cannot be a wholehearted follower of Jesus Christ and not be serving. You cannot. It is impossible because we are following the servant of all. (laughs) Jesus said, I didn't come to be served, but to serve. 
And he showed that through his whole life and ministry. And then in the most gracious act of generosity, he gave his life in service for you and me. That's our leader that we are following. And so if you're going to become a wholehearted follower of Jesus Christ, you've got to be a server. You can't be without being a server. That makes sense. There's a benefit that comes from that. How do you know that? Romans 12, 3. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith that God has given. That's why out in the lobby this morning, we're having a kind of a ministry mini fair. And we're going to give you some time. And I said, stop by one of those tables. Now, here's the thing. You can volunteer and get involved in a ministry. And we're just saying, just test drive it. Okay? You don't have to buy it. Just test drive it. Go, go to one. Where do you start? There's all kinds of different tables with all kinds of different areas of ministry. Where's your passion? What are you interested in? That's a good place to start. Where does your heart beat? Start there. If you have a heart for kids, stop in at the dig table. If you just love digging and dirt and pulling weeds and, and making beautiful things that grow, or things that grow beautiful, I think that's probably the better way to put it, then there's a landscape team. Just stop by one of those and just test drive it. Just, just give it a try. And, and if it's not a fit, that's okay. You're not signed on for life. But if it does start to, wow, this, I love this thing. And, it's, and it hits your sweet spot, then, then plug in. And if it's not, then that's fine. Try something else. But don't try one thing and serve in one area and it didn't work out for you and say, oh, well, I tried that. It's not something you try. This is lifestyle generosity. You keep trying until you find your sweet spot. But do it. Do it. You benefit from it. Other people benefit from it. And the third thing is what happens all around you What happens all around you is God's kingdom begins to become a reality. A little bit of up there takes root down here. It's a tangible expression of God's love. Do do it all with the strength and energy that God supplies. Then God will be given glory in everything through Jesus Christ. See, that's what Jesus did. He came to serve. And because he served faithfully, we talked about this last week, because he served faithfully, you and I experienced a new life. You and I experienced the kingdom of God. And when we serve, what we are doing is we are bringing a little bit of God's kingdom to bear here on earth. When we are generous, we are bringing a little bit of up there down to here. Bill Heibel said, the church cannot possibly do what it's called to do unless it becomes a community of interdependent serving brothers and sisters. Church cannot fulfill its mission unless we are a community of servers. Generous servers. We, you and I, it's been put in our hands. This part of God's kingdom in this area has been put into our hands. It's a trust. And we're stewards of it. And when you fulfill, not only do our other people help, not only do you experience that helper's high, but God's kingdom comes to bear in this world. And I can't think of anything, anything, anything 
more fulfilling than that. What else would you do with your one and only life? To be a part of something eternal. It fulfills God's purposes so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. That's what Paul wrote to the Ephesians church. And he goes on, he says, from him, meaning Christ, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. That is God's design. That is God's plan. And there is no plan B. He has no plan B. This is it. You and me. Together. Each of us. Every one of us. Part of his plan. That's the way he intended to happen. And it's not just volunteerism. And it's not just do-goodism. It's fulfilling your calling. And I hope and I pray that every one of us in this room this morning and everyone who calls Northgate their home, and I pray this for every church, that we would discover where God has gifted us and realize the talents and abilities and we put them to work. Now, if you're here this morning and you don't know where, what that looks like and you don't know where even to start, then I'd say start at the, out at the ministry fair. Sign up and attend um, uh, the Northgate U class, The Journey, this evening and just get started in discovering all the different possibilities that are out there and plug in somewhere. And I will say this to you. If you are currently serving in a ministry, you know what part of your responsibility is? Is to find someone else to come and serve alongside you. And you probably have a friend, someone in your community group, someone somewhere where you could invite them to come along and start serving with you. And it just might be their sweet spot. But that's how God's kingdom grows. That's how it was meant from the very beginning. Live such good lives, Peter wrote, that they may see your good deeds and glorify God. Our words may fail us. We may get tongue-tied. But the world ought to be able to look at the church and say, I don't know if I believe everything they believe, but wow, I sure want what they got. Amen? Amen. So let's pray. Thank you for listening to this week's message. We trust that you'll join us again soon for another uplifting message from Northgate Christian Fellowship located in Venetia, California.